0: Welcome to the Kickin' Life Podcast. Your host, Kickin' Life Guru, Master Rich Grogan. Hey, as we know, the world's not all sunshine and rainbows. As Rocky says, it will be a mean, nasty, ugly place that'll beat you to your knees and keep you there if you let it. However, that's where I come in, the Kickin' Life Guru. When life kicks your butt, when life knocks you down, as we know it's going to, I'm here to motivate you, to empower you, to inspire you, and kick you back up so you can live your best kickin' life. So saddle up, here we go. Kicking Lifers out there, how you doing? Hope you're having a fantastic day. Coming at you with another exciting Kicking Life podcast. Today, another special guest. And this gentleman's been on the podcast uh, probably closer, I don't know, almost a dozen times with all the call-ins and everything else he does to kind of help out the show. And he's got a fantastic book out called Live, Learn, and Grow, Lessons of a Reluctant Tiger. He's got his It's Time Live. He's got His Success Never Sleeps. And I'll tell you what, folks, yes, a lot of it's geared toward the martial arts community, but you hear me talk every single week, everything we do here is not just for the martial arts community, it's about making our world, our society, a happier, healthier, and safer place to live. So it doesn't matter if you're in a martial arts business, doesn't matter if you're in business for yourself, doesn't matter if you're a parent, doesn't matter if you're a teenager, it's all about helping you live your best kick in life. And that's what we're here for, and that's why I put everything I can into these shows and these episodes, and I try and have the best guests to help you live your best kick in life so who am i talking about you probably already guessed it especially if you've been listening to the show for a while none other than professor brandon beliso professor how are you sir
1: i'm very grateful rich grateful to be here at kick in life as always um and always grateful to share
0: thank you very much and uh and listeners out there <laughs> we had a little technical difficulty starting this show off today and, uh, Professor, as always, thank you so very much, and I was going to talk a little bit about that on the show today, unbeknownst to me that we're going to have some technical difficulties, but I was going to dive into a little bit of the uh, the patience aspect, and of course, you know, with martial arts, you got to be patient, growing through the ranks, but in life, we have to be patient as well. So, before we get into that, Professor, please tell people uh, about the shows you've got going on, Your Success Never Sleeps, Your uh, It's Time Live, and then lately, you've been doing some one-on-one online coaching, which... You know, I've been mean, countless people are showing up to watch that. It's kind of a live Facebook live uh, coaching session. Is that correct, sir?
1: I think that, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll dev on that. Let me finish the thought while you were talking. I Had one of those aha moments. You know, in relationship to patience, if you look at a crop like blueberries, right? Blueberries is one of the most expensive fruit you could possibly, probably the most expensive fruit you'll ever buy when you're in a store. And did you know that when you plant blueberries first season they're not edible, the second season, they're not edible. It's only until the third season of growing blueberries that you have a crop that you can actually eat. So, I mean, patience is a virtue and it really, really a success is not something that happens overnight. I mean, I always say success never sleeps, but believe me, sir, it doesn't happen overnight. So when we talk about that patience with the technical difficulties, um, the person who succeeds is the one who doesn't quit. We could have gave up and said, let's do it another time. It's not happening, but we kept at it and at it until here we are now. So (laughs) yeah, I think it's a metaphor for life. Um, Now getting back to my show, you know, I'm always pushing the boundaries. I I don't like to be told what I can and cannot do. I think that hurts us a lot as entrepreneurs, that hurts us a lot as school owners, that hurts us a lot as people. When someone tells you you can't do something, you should probably move away from them um, because you create your own reality. You create your own success. And that's that's really crucial because there's going to be a lot of haters, a lot of trolls, whatever you want to call them, naysayers. There's a lot of people like that. And that's human nature. It's not good or bad. It just is. It just is. And if I can accept that as accepting life on life's terms and offer myself the opportunity to push the boundaries. And One on One is a new show. It's a concept I came up with just to get people live, uh, but being put somewhat in the hot. High- I'm always respectful, but I don't pull any punches and it gives insight, not only into the martial arts and how to run a business, but into how we as humans behave, you know, and how we can behave better.
0: Fantastic. And I know uh, I spoke with one of my, well, he's, we're grooming him to kind of manage the academy there. Uh, His name's Nathan Wilkening and he's been uh, sitting or getting in on a few of those calls. And he let me know yesterday that he won the cotton candy machine. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) thank you so much for that. (laughs) Well, something as simple as that, right? Who would have
1: thunk that in the martial arts industry, what I saw, and and this is, you know, I think the challenge is they tell you to think outside the box. And my philosophy, Rich, is there is no box, right? There's, There's only the unlimited potential that we choose to tap into. So I saw, you know, in our industry, we really limited to school talks where the demo team can perform and where we can have a booth. And if that's the only three touch points I'm gonna have within that three to five mile radius of my brick and mortar location, then I'm gonna be, I mean, I'm i am never gonna be able to market my business. So the cotton candy machine just grew out of that. Now we're at soccer openings, little league openings, back to school night. Uh, we, we This cotton candy machine's everywhere, everywhere. We did a movie in the park this summer, so school owners are ripping the benefits. We give away a cotton candy machine once a week, On the show, Success Never Sleeps, and it's donated by one of our sponsors, Rainmaker, and it allows school owners to really penetrate the community and and present themselves as a business that gives back.
0: Oh, that's fantastic, and to be honest, I had the cotton candy machine in my Amazon uh, wish list for some time, and then I spoke to Nathan yesterday, and he says, uh, you'll never guess, I was on uh, Professor Beliso's show, and I've been watching it for a while, and I won the cotton candy machine. I'm like, oh, that's fantastic! So,
1: how cool is that?
0: <laughs> that is fantastic. Hey, uh, the uh, you kind of mentioned about the being told no, and we can't do this. Just yesterday, I listened to uh, uh, another Zig Ziglar recording, and he said the average teenager, by the t- well, the average child, mm-hmm. by the time they're a teenager, has been told no over sixteen thousand times. And if you're told no, and no, you can't do this, and obviously we want to keep the kids safe from hurting themselves. But that is that conditioned mindset that I can't do this. Anytime I get outside that proverbial round hole and try and expand and be myself, then then I'm going to get in trouble. So I can't do that. And I think it was great because you're definitely, uh, and we, that's why you and I get along so well. I often share about uh, society wants to make us all cookies, you know, and the, every perfect cookie mold, every single time where I was the cookie that ran off the plate and still burned on the bottom of the stove because, man, I don't want to be confined like that. But for the longest time, I kind of, I you know, it's easier this way, and I don't like it back and forth, and that's that fight we always fight, and the fact that you you, you mentioned that. I don't like to be told what to do <laughs> in not a disrespectful way, but you're almost disrespecting yourself when you're not fulfilling your God-given purpose.
1: Right, but if the doctor tells me to eat healthier, I'm going to take that advice because it's good advice. Good advice, right? yes. I mean, it is a total difference. you being told what to do uh, from somebody who's coming from a point of fear, Somebody who's unable to maybe live their own life the way they want to. So it's much easier to impose your will upon somebody else than to deal with your own self will and learn to control it and manage it to be a better version of yourself every day. Right. Oh, absolutely. And then I, I last week I was at Stanford Healthcare and it was awesome. And you, you talk about our message in the martial arts. You know, I'm now moving out into Lululemon, Facebook, Stanford, Microsoft. I've had the blessing to work with these companies. And last week at Stanford Healthcare, that's one of the things, one of the slides I threw up was a picture of a finger pointing at you. And, but I said, when you have one finger pointed at you, you have three pointed back at yourself. I mean, look at that picture, people. Point a finger and look at the three pointing back at you. Do we ever take time to look at those three fingers? Because that's all you're really accountable for, right? If I keep my house clean, if I keep my side of the street clean, then, you know, none of us would have anything to worry about, but it's easy to sit in a glass house, point fingers, throw rocks, yep. because it's easier. That's why the Inquirer sells millions and millions <laughs> of copies. People love other people suffering and drama, because then they don't have to look at themselves. It's just one of the many distractions that you know I'm challenged by. And I say this from a data viewpoint, because I grew up when there were no cell phones. I grew up when we had no personal home computers. I grew up when we had four channels on the TV. There are so many distractions today, hundreds of TV channels, YouTube, everything to distract you from getting in touch with you. And that's probably one of the greatest gifts we can offer ourselves in the world is really nurturing ourselves to fruition, you know, to our full potential. But there's so many distractions. Most of us don't ever take that opportunity or even scarier, have that awareness, Rich, that we should even be doing it.
0: Yeah, we, well, mind, you know, bing, bang, boom, you know, more than seven seconds, uh, we're off to something else. You know, I often share if it takes longer than seven seconds for a phone to load up, we're having a temper tantrum. Why? Because we've been conditioned to, we want it now. We want it now, you know, Amazon, two-day shipping. You know, if you want to watch a movie, you don't have to wait for it to come out anymore. Bang, you pay for it on Amazon Prime, and, and it's there, and that's kind of the world we we're built into. So patience has been something that's been kicked to the curb. Doesn't mean we can't bring it back. It just means, like you just said, we're pointing out there. This is what I want, but we got three fingers pointing back at us. Hey, we got to make sure we're uh, helping ourselves become our very, very best before we're going out trying to fix the outside world. Um, and and it, I wrote down here because it reminded me of you know the old uh, quote Bruce Lee had said: "Absorb what is useful, disregard what is useless, and add what is specifically your own." And and that's kind of exactly what you've done uh, and continue to do with everything in the martial arts industry. And martial arts friends out there, any other entrepreneurs out there or anybody else, just because you're in a designated field doesn't mean that's where you're limited to be. You can get out and do other things to spread your message to help the world become a better place. And uh, you're you're, you're obviously doing that, sir. Yeah. And on the
1: flip side of that for the entrepreneurs, I mean, if we're not always scaling our businesses, monetizing our businesses, then we have no business being in business because when we talk about, you need to scale it. It needs to grow. You need to monetize it because you need to provide for your family and your team and, and make a difference in the world. And money is a vehicle. So recognize you can live from purpose. You can live from values. You can live from vision and be extremely profitable. Look at a company like Microsoft. They give so much money. Look at Warren Buffett. He gives billions of dollars every year. You know, look at Facebook. So you don't have to simply be you know, this cutthroat big brother company that steps on everybody and just, you know, is a glutton and greedy. It just isn't that way anymore. It doesn't have to be that way. And so people are so afraid of wealth. They're so afraid of being successful on their own terms because of being chastised, being criticized, being ridiculed. You know, it's almost, and to some degree being successful and wealthy is like not the norm anymore. It's well, not the
0: norm. Almost like you're taught to be ashamed of it and mm-hmm. uh, you can't, uh... Now well, the old thing in the martial arts industry is you can't have a quality studio and have a lot of students. In other words, wow. and then you know, why why are you charging what you charge? Uh, you should be giving it away for free. And, and that was a mindset I was kind of brought up in for oh, gosh darn, over two decades in the Federation mindset I was with. And that was and when I kind of started venturing out of that, it was all brand new and it was some hard hitting. But now you look at it now as you step back from it, you gotta be willing to, to do that. You gotta be willing to take those hits as Rocky likes to say, but looking at it now, I was like, oh my gosh, why in the world was I thinking that way? Well, those were, and I often say this, folks hear it all the time, the seeds I was, I was planting, you know, I plant onion seeds. I'm going to get onions. I plant strawberry seeds. I'm gonna get strawberry. I plant limited beliefs. I'm going to get limited beliefs. And that was just kind of the culture and the mindset I was brought up in. And it took quite a bit to change that, but I was willing to do it because it's the right thing. And now I'm able to share that message with others, just as you're doing, sir, on an but I know you had a very humble uh, background, being brought up in the academy, and then you was uh, you mentioned your book, and I would definitely want you to touch on a few of those things. But folks, get the book, live learning. Uh, whoop! I, what is it again? <laughs> live learning. It's learn, live learning.
1: Grow. Live <laughs> learning. Grow. Yeah,
0: Lessons yeah. of a Reluctant Tiger, and there's so many great stories in there. But it's all about that kind of the mindset you'd grown up with your father in the academy, and then what you've done with that. But you had to step outside that proverbial round hole.
1: Well, I think the big thing is to be fearless. And people, if you take that word and take it in two words, fear less. See, it's not being fearless. People think being fearless, I can't be afraid of anything. No, 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 it's about fearing less. And that's true. Growing up as a child in a foster home, beatings, molestations, you know, I was afraid of everything internally and externally. And the martial arts was a weapon to protect myself. I mean, I fought hand fist every way possible in those impoverished environments and i recognized the ultimate battle was with myself and dealing with the fears that were imprisoning me from living to be you know who i am today to the full potential and and fears were real we're always going to be afraid i'm afraid of heights so i jumped out of an airplane i've gone bungee jumping and i went zip lining at the highest point i possibly could you know i mean you just you want to fear less because fear gets in the way it just gets in the way of what you want to be but i think as adults we mistaken our narrow-mindedness, we mistaken our self-absorbed, and I'm going to be bold enough to say um, imposed ignorance yeah. because we're afraid to have people see us as inadequate. We're afraid to have people see us as vulnerable and weak, as adults. But truly, it's only from a humble mindset that I'm going to open my eyes and and empty my cup even more to take in the information I need to be a better me. I I wasn't an entrepreneur at one point. I wasn't a successful small business owner at one point. I wasn't even a great martial arts instructor at one point. I wasn't a great martial artist at one point. (laughs) We all all start somewhere, and it's only by being fearless that we allow ourselves to say, hey, I'm a white belt entrepreneur. Teach me. Teach me what I need to do to become an entrepreneur. Now, I work, I think... Maybe three, four hours this summer in the academies. And now that I'm back to work, I'm sitting there going, now I'm up to eight hours a month. I work eight hours a month where I used to work 60, 70 hours a month in the schools, in the schools, 60, 70 hours a month. And simply with that, developing a new skill set. And that's the cool thing about it, everybody, is that you don't have to know to go. You don't. Great example, girls in finances, right? She was in finance in New York, high finance, ate out every night as a single person. Everybody ate pizza. But she thought pizza was really unhealthy the way it was done. Came up with gluten-free, wheat dough, blah, 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 blah. She didn't know anything about the restaurant business or pizza, but she had the why. I want to create a healthier pizza because I love pizza and I eat it every freaking day. Now she has, you know, stores in the wind. She has stores all over New York. And it simply became out of a why. So that's the cool thing. You don't have to know to go. Write that down. Don't you have don't to have to down. know to go. You don't. You don't.
0: Right, and write that down, folks. You don't have yeah. to know to go.
1: And I sit every day, and I start my morning at six thirty, and I'm at I'm at the stock market. That's what I do with my mornings. And I sit there and I invest, I trade, you know, and I do really well with that. You know, and and I, I got a lot of that tutelage from from a guy named Sam On. I reached out because I wanted to learn. I think it's it's amazing that Warren Buffett's one of the richest people in the world. And if you look at his, the way his money went, it went from flat line to straight up, straight up his graph chart. And when you look at that, it all started when he really began to understand the stock market and invest money and, and accumulate wealth. So if you read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, have you ever read that? Oh yes. Okay, well what does he say? Robert and I think, you know, yeah. At and when I, when I read that book, Rich, it said, have a successful business, own real estate, and have a great portfolio. Yep. So I said, okay. Top three. Yeah, I, I didn't know anything on what that all meant no. <laughs> you when know, I first read the book, but today I I can say I have all three. And it's that's it, I didn't know. See, that's the cool thing, and I'm not afraid to be the kid in the front row raising his hand going, I don't know, Say, explain that again? I don't know, explain that again? Because there might be very valuable information you need, people, I think that what makes us afraid Is we have to first know what our values are and what values you're not going to compromise rich you know i don't because there's so much information right so much information and what makes it good information for you rich and for me and for for everybody here is that it's rooted in our values not narrow-mindedness and fear and ego rooted in good values like integrity honesty transparency gratitude you know those kind of values
0: absolutely well and the humble mindset goes a long way because especially, you know, the martial arts industry, we all talk about humility, but there's a large number, and I think it's just human nature, we should be better in the martial arts industry, but it is what it is, of knowing kind of the Socrates philosophy. The only thing I know for sure is I don't know much of anything, but by admitting that, you're admitting, like you said, vulnerability, you're admitting weakness, and we can't be weak, we can't be vulnerable, but the the only way to be humble and to learn and to grow what we don't know is to admit our vulnerabilities, to raise our hand, to ask a question we don't know, and to be willing to uh, absorb the knowledge that's coming in. And as Bruce Lee says, you know, absorb it, disregard what is useless, add your own, and and, and make it unique. And I think the the example with pizza, yeah, the why, the need was, I, I like pizza. There's a lot of people like pizza, but we need to make it healthier. How can I do that? And then I develop my niche. My why is I want to make uh, a healthier pizza for everybody. And bang, you fulfilled a need you have made it unique with your own god-given niche and now what do you've got you got something special but once again you had to be humble enough to admit you didn't know something and then have that passion that values that why of why you're doing it and it's got to be more than i just want to make money that's well
1: absolutely well we know that there's a lot of rich people in this world that doesn't make you a good person no. you can it have lots make of it money either no it doesn't I mean, because those are achievements, see, and I just read that when I was reading Start from the Why" by Simon Sinek, (laughs) you know, one of my favorites. And yeah, and and that that particular book, he talks about that passion and achievement is I have accumulated wealth. Success is happiness. Success is being able to love yourself, warts and all, you know, and and have peace in your life. There's a lot of rich people that are very unhappy. So I hope we can table that and, you know, actually take it off the table that, you know, money doesn't make you happy. Money can't buy you love, in the words of the Beatles, right? right. Money can't buy that self-love. It can't buy that peace uh, that I think we're all striving for. And I, I had posted that, that peace is the new profit, and people went crazy over that. you know. And I believe that passionately, because as I began to accumulate wealth, I was still the same person, and today, I still wear the same Converse I wore when I was broke. <laughs> well, they're, they're new Converse, they're clean, but... I, I still wear the same Converse and Adidas black sweats and a black t-shirt. I'm wearing it right now. You know, I drive a modest car. Um, but what I like to do with my money is secure my family. I love to give them what they want. Like this summer, I went on more vacations than I ever have in my life. We were in Hawaii for two weeks, Disneyland for a week. Uh, I was in Vegas for four or five days. I was in Tahoe on a retreat. I was all over. And, you know, I never looked at the bill once. I never, we walked into a restaurant, walked out. I never once looked at the tab. My kids wanted something in the store. I never once looked at it. That, you know, from growing up really, really poor, wearing clothes from a Goodwill secondhand store. I mean, I wore my dad's suit to my high school graduation. You know, I never had much. That is a wonderful achievement, but it is not success. Successes can mean my family love each other and spend quality time together during that vacation. You know, can we appreciate each other when we're out on that vacation? That's really the success of it all, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, you ever been to Disneyland and seen an unhappy kid because he's pissed <laughs> off, he didn't get some toy or something <laughs> like, man, you're at the happiest place on Earth. What's wrong with you? Yep, right? Yeah. right Because you, you know, you can't buy happiness. It is a mindset, and you keep referring to that rich mindset mindset. Oh. I think humility is something you need to practice. Absolutely. And the only way I practice the mindset of humility is by putting myself in vulnerable positions, not harmful. There's a huge difference. You know, I'm not going to put myself in a harmful position, but I will put myself in a vulnerable position because it takes a lot of energy to perpetrate a fraud. It takes a lot of energy to pump and circumstance and posture and pose. That's a waste of energy. I don't want to do that. I did that in the ghetto to survive. You know, if you look tough and you walk tough and you act tough, people leave you alone. Right? That's what a waste of energy. I can't become a better person or get to a better version of me behaving that way. So I recognize humility is about being vulnerable. Like now I'm not afraid to say I was molested. That was part of my life. You know, I was a victim at that time today. I'm a victor because I took that experience and I've turned it into a positive. So that's, I think is really important when we talk about humility.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and then mindset listeners have heard me share this countless times, and and I know you and I have had just wonderful conversations on it, I had never heard the term mindset, you know, five, six years ago, it was just something that I'd never heard of before, and it was kind of that proverbial hole, round hole, the bubble I was in, I wanted to get out of that thing, but you are a product of the four to five people you surround yourself with the most, you know, you're with people that, even if you don't drink or smoke, if you're around people that do enough, then gosh darn it, you're going to start doing those things, because you are a product of those core four or five. And surrounding myself with the people I'm surrounding myself with now, obviously mindset is a huge thing, but you have to be willing to do it. Now it takes time. You know, it didn't happen overnight, but you can make it happen now by tar- taking that first step. You know, it's like, you know, your success, that didn't happen overnight. Well, success and failure isn't an instantaneous event, it's over time through patience, one way or another, but it starts now. And uh, the little quote I had earlier that I mentioned on our shorter podcast is, Don't wait for the perfect moment. Take the moment right now and make it perfect. And so if your garden is full of weeds, get out there and start tilling that darn thing. Make it happen now. But realize that it's going to take a while. Like you mentioned with the blueberries. I'd never heard that before. That's fantastic. And I know I put something on my Facebook page just recently. Les Brown was talking about a bamboo tree that takes five years to grow. Now, does it take five years to grow? Or is it growing that whole time underground and it just takes five years to pop through the surface? That's patience.
1: Well, and, and I think the other thing with that is we put so much weight on, on a stereotype Western culture version of success. Yes. We really do. And that's why you see all the gurus out there. They do their little commercials and they're running through a mansion and there's 50 cars behind them from a Bentley to a Maserati, you know. And and although that imagery, because it is, it's smoke and mirror distraction, is, is there any real substance behind that person other than some data that triggered a marketing trend and they made a bunch of money? You know, I'm I'm very wary of that because we put so much weight on success. So if I'm busy, if I'm the guy walking through the airport with my cell phone and I look so important, I'm so busy the perception to people are as well. And I get that all the time. Hey, I know you're really busy, man. I guess, no, 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 no. I'm here for you. We'll talk until we're done. And, and that I feel (laughs) that I feel blessed for. But with that, I think fear and success are of equal value. I mean, failure, failure and success are of equal value. And I fail up all the day, you know, all day long because failure is part of success. And and we put so much weight on success that we're afraid to fail because we look inadequate. We look lesser than. You know, my son, one time we had this conversation, and he loves basketball. I said, did you know the most prolific three-point shooter in the NBA is Steph Curry from the Golden State Warriors, our local team? I said, and he only makes three-pointers 53% of the time. That means he fails 47% of the time. He fails.
0: Yep. He fails. Well, in, in baseball, that's the that uh, right. sport. You fail 70% of the time. Right. You fail 70% of the time. That's right. You're in the major leagues. And we recently right. had uh, Benji Molina on the podcast. He's a, uh, uh, right. his brother Yadier Molina a, 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 is mean, a big deal, but rightly so here in the St. Louis area. And I remember
1: Benji Molina.
0: Yep. Yeah. He played for San Francisco there. That's and, right. And uh, folks, you have to check out that podcast. It was a few podcasts ago. We're going to have him on again, but uh, he would talked about, Um, Buster Posey when Buster first came up how Benji knew that he was going to take his job but being a good good God loving Christian and doing the right thing for the team for others he groomed Buster Posey and he said to this day Buster Posey is you know uh, continues to thank him for everything he did to give him the time to make him the player that he is so you know that's fantastic fantastic and yeah and failure I used to think that too failure and success were opposites you know, now I realize failure means you're trying, means you're doing something, and it's the stepping stone toward success. I think Albert Einstein said, uh, he who has few failures is he who hasn't lived. That's
1: right. Yeah. And we do. Again, the Western culture we puts so much weight on it. I don't. I mean, I don't put a lot of weight on success or failure. I just think it's part of the process, and I'm okay with it. I'm totally cool with it. You know, and, and I fail up all the time, as I say. That's uh. another that's yep. another one mine. I fail up.
0: Fail up. I like that. John Maxwell's got a great book called Failing Forward. Um, there you go. And, so, yeah. and I think another one, the follow-up to that one, was Sometimes You, uh, Sometimes you Win and Sometimes You Learn. And uh, that's fantastic right. books by uh, John that's Maxwell. Right. Yeah, I want to yeah, get back right. to the, uh, you mentioned about wealth. Doesn't, uh, wealth and success doesn't necessarily provide happiness. Kiyoshi Kovar was recently on the podcast, and he talked about, he kind of told a story of there's two guys in a, um, in a restaurant. And they're talking, and the younger guy is saying, uh, "Oh man, I, I just, I, I just, if I had more money, I could do this. If I had more, I could do that. If I was famous and wealthy and successful, I could do that." And as they're talking, this gentleman walks in, and uh, he's being escorted in. He's obesely overweight. He's got an oxygen tank with him, and he's having to be escorted in. He sits down, and the uh, the older man of the, the the two that are having the conversation looks to the young kid and says, "Hold tight." I want you to notice that gentleman right there. Did you see that gentleman? He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "You know who that is?" He goes, "No, I don't." He goes, "That's the wealthiest man in our state. That's the most successful man in our state. That's the richest yeah. man in our state." And the kid says, "Oh. Well, he doesn't look very successful. He doesn't look very rich. He doesn't look very wealthy." No, because he sacrificed his health for his wealth. And, you know, is that success? Well, I guess it is to some people, but some people's, you know, pleasure is other people's nightmares. Well, the, that's whole point right. of the story is obviously <laughs> that guy, yeah, he may have the most money of anybody in the state, but from what he looks, he just definitely isn't living it, isn't happy, isn't, you know, it, what I consider success is, is, is having that peace, as you had mentioned.
1: Well, life balance. I mean, yes. that's why failing success, it's the yin and the yang. I mean, there's, there's wealth, there's financial wealth, but there's also spiritual wealth. There's financial wealth, but there's emotional wealth. There's financial wealth and there's physical wealth. Yes. There's financial wealth. There's relationship wealth. And I think all of them should be nurtured based upon our values and what we determine success is for us. I know people that are perfectly happy, single, traveling the world, doing what they do. They don't want to be married. They don't want to have kids. That's their version of success. So they feed their wealth by traveling and you know, becoming better versions of themselves that way. I choose to be a family man. So that's what I do.
0: Absolutely. You know? Well, and that's a balance, just like anything in life. You know, you got to have a balance.
1: It is. It is, it is. It's
0: not too hot, not too cold, right? Kind of like yin and yang, right? (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes,
1: sir. Always.
0: Good, good. Um, Another thing I had kind of written down about oftentimes, you know, we all have good days, bad days, and worse days. So I thought about, uh, I'd read this recently, and I kind of took some notes on it. It was never regret a day in your life, because good days give you happiness, bad days give you experiences, and the worst days give you lessons, and then the best of the best days give you the memories. But each day gives you something, so don't ever regret the days. And, and that's true. If we had, and I know you mentioned this on a show before, if it was sunshine every day, you know, we would get used to the sunshine, and it, we wouldn't appreciate it. But every once in a while we have some rain in there, that makes us appreciate the sunshine even more. None of us well, like and, having bad days, but that's what keeps us in balance. Well, and absolutely. Like
1: Brandon Lee said in the movie, The Crow, it can't ah, rain all the going. time. It can't rain all the time. And, and at the end of rain, I mean, there's, there's a rainbow. So and rain nurtures and it nourishes. And did you know the crime rate goes down when it rains? You know, so it's not a bad thing. It's just, again, if you look at the Buddhist practice, the law of suffering, it's part of life. Suffering's part of life. People will die. It will rain. We will be rich. We will be poor. I mean, it's, it's all the circle of life. And I think we put so much weight and credence upon what is the stereotype of what is wealth. And on, and this is in my book and this is a great story and I'll, I'll try to keep it abbreviated. I was approached by a homeless man, very articulate. He said, excuse me, sir, uh, can I please have some spare change? And I said, I had a big sack of coins at the time. This was like 15, 20 years ago. And I was going to put it in one of those coin machines to, you know, to total it up. And I said, I'll give you this whole bag of coins, but I want to talk to you for a minute. He said, sure. I said, you seem really articulate. You're not crazy. You look pretty, you know, well, but he had a shopping cart with all kinds of stuff in it. I said, how'd you get here? He said, I was a history teacher. And when I figured out my mortgage and what I made as a history teacher, my mortgage, my bills, you know, everything, my pension, I realized I would die in debt. So when when I did the math, I could make more money at a hundred to $200 today panhandling being homeless, and San Francisco's the best place to be homeless because they're most forgiving with shelters, food, programs, et cetera, et cetera, so he chose to be homeless.
0: Yep, and, and
1: folks, is that a trip?
0: That's in his Is book. that a trip? It's fantastic. I mean, that's yep. a trip,
1: and it's more articulate and it's more detailed in the book, yep. but I sat there and dumbfounded as I gave this guy this sack of coins, and he walked off whistling and all happy. I'm going, wow. Another one recently, you see it at Facebook, is Dr. Slow Mo. You've seen his video? Huh. Dr. Slow Mo. I mean, it's got, I don't know, 10 billion views. Long story short, this guy's one of of the most renowned uh, surgeons in LA. Mansion, cars, everything. I don't know if he had a heart attack or if he just had this epiphany. And he found that the whirling dervishes, all these people that are searching for that nirvana, that bliss here on earth, motion, perpetual motion has a lot to do with that. So he roller skates, but he doesn't roller skate. He gets up ahead of steam. Stands up on one leg with his leg out and his arms are out on each side. And this guy's just gliding down Santa Monica Beach on one <laughs> leg. So he figured out with all the money, once he cashed everything out, the home and everything, what it would take to live on until he dies. So he has enough money. He bought a small apartment or a small condo in Santa Monica Beach and he lives, you know, pretty moderately. But this freaking guy wakes up every day and all he does is roller skate.
0: That's his happiness. That's his piece. That is. That's fantastic. And he
1: and he looks really happy too. You ought to see the video. Look up Doctor Slowmo, everybody.
0: This guy is happy, 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 very happy. Doctor Slowmo, nice, good stuff. Well, I know that uh, also in your book you'd mentioned with the the homeless gentleman that uh, you were essentially paying him for his time in order Absolutely. to find out what led him to this and and Absolutely. to learn. And of course, you know, we all get wrapped up in our own worlds, but we can learn something from everyone. And I think that's a fantastic story. Well, and and, and
1: even last night, before I forget the thought, you know, I said to my wife, I want to get, you know, the the new Android Samsung 9 because it has lower radiation emission, right? And she was telling me how much her friends are giving her crap because she has the Samsung and they all bought the iPhone. It's like, what? You know, but that's the society we live in, right? (laughs) Uh, you, you're going to hold this iPhone who has a higher SARS level or emits more radiation than this Samsung because it's cool,
0: right? Yeah, everybody's judging, huh? Gosh. Well, Gosh. Or, or or, a slave
1: to the machine oh, and, that's tri- even better. and d- driven by trends that dictate to them that you're a worthy person if you have the latest iPhone, right? Or, or you're the better person of status.
0: Well, it, it gets back to what you said earlier in the show about, uh, you know, you're walking through the airport, And if you're kind of in a rush and you're on the phone and you've got this look on your face and you're in a suit, well, gosh darn, you must be somebody. And then that's the persona we send out there. I've got the newest iPhone. I must be somebody. Now, those that have it, great. (laughs) But don't use that as a tool to try and make yourself feel more valuable. I mean, I I guess if it helps, okay. But, you know, you're better than that. You're deeper than that. Once again, you point one finger at somebody else, you've got three back at you.
1: Bang. And like Titnan, Titnan Han said this really well, that um, you don't need a smartphone to tell you you're smart. You don't you don't need a Fitbit to tell you you're fit. You just don't. You just don't. Uh,
0: you know, know yet. coming. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> you know, yet. So. Yeah, I mean, I, we, we, we can talk, we can talk about that forever. There's so many examples oh of that, but really when the day's done, it's your space, it's your race, folks, figure out what works for you. Not me, not anybody else, right? Throw away Vogue magazine, stop reading the Inquirer, please turn off the Bachelorette, you know, and, and find out what works for you because this isn't a dress rehearsal. This is your life and only you can live it. And don't let anybody, anybody tell you how you should live your life.
0: No dress rehearsal. Take that one to heart, folks, because obviously the number one excuse uh, I, I hear all the time, and, and to be honest, I used to use that same limited belief excuse. What is it? Yeah. I don't have time. Well, yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, you do. We all have 24 hours. It doesn't matter if you're yeah. Professor Brandon Beliso or Bill Gates or anyone else on the planet. You've got 24 hours, and what you yes, do sir. with that 24 hours, regardless if you're on Facebook, for and I, I get it, and a lot of times I'll say, hey, I'm just going to go on here for 10 minutes and, and check up on some stuff. Before I know it, half hour has gone by, 45 minutes has gone by, and then I'm like, God, oh, I just wasted that time. And that's true. I wasted it. You know, I heard yes, uh, a YouTube video not too long ago, and they said, if you were given $86,400 to start every single day, which is the amount of seconds in a day, 86400 would you be happy with your investment at the end of the day? And you have, obviously you can't bank that money because that's time. Once it's gone, it's gone. And if you spent a good majority of that $6,000 looking at nonsense on Facebook or looking at Vogue magazine, like you said, or watching the bachelorette yeah. or sitting yeah. around on the couch doing nothing, man, you just, that day is gone. And if, if money that's means right. more to you than the day, even though, you know, you can always make more money, you can't make more time. That's gone. So yes, think sir. about how you're spending it. Great point.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: Great, great point. And, uh, um, I recently saw a t- Tony Robbins, and kind of the, ties into the same thing you had mentioned about seeing the homeless gentleman uh, uh, in San Francisco. He was talking about uh, he had oh, it, given a, it was a conference. It was like 1 or 2 in the morning, and he was just trying to unwind, so he's walking through the park, and he said this gentleman came up to him, and he knew that this guy was probably going to ask him for money. He said, of course, you put it out in the universe. Sure enough, the guy comes up and asks him for money. And he says the, ge- the guy had said, hey, mister, can I have a quarter? And Tony said, "Is that all you want? A quarter?" He goes, "That's it. Just a quarter." So Tony says he he pulls out of his pocket, and he's got you know a lot of cash there. But he reaches in deeper and gets a quarter out, and he puts the money back. And he can watch the, the guy's eyes are watching him as he puts the money back, and he gives the guy a quarter. And he says, "Are you sure this is all you want?" "Yep, yep. Just a quarter." And he says to the guy, um, "Life has a funny way of giving you exactly what you ask for." Yes, sir. And the guy looks at him and looks at him and goes, man, you're weird. <laughs> so Tony keeps on walking by, but he goes, I took a lot from that. He says, you know, and that's the exact same thing you had talked about. He kind of paid that guy a quarter because that's what he asked for. That's what life gave him just to find out about what he wanted in life. And he says, unfortunately, that's the way a lot of people go through life. You get exactly what you ask for. Now, if you ask for a million dollars, well, if you believe in it, you work hard for it, it's got to take patience. It can happen, but you get what you ask for. And he said, most of the time, we ask the wrong questions. Why yes, is this sir. happening to me? Why can't I do this? Why am I so unhealthy? Why am I so angry? Why am I so broke? That's the wrong question. Ask yes, the right sir. questions. What, and John Maxwell just wrote Well, But, but again,
1: you can't ask the right questions unless you have your values ah. clear. You know, if I'm very clear about my values and my purpose in this world, I will ask the right questions. And I say that all the time. It's not about asking questions, it's asking the right questions. And you won't have any doubt when you ask that question, if your values are clear. And if you know who you are and and your purpose in life, you know, you do ask the right questions because organically they come out of you because there's no doubt because it's rooted so deeply in really strong values.
0: And that's the why. That's the values we keep talking about. But
1: those values don't make me any better than anybody else, and we've mistaken that. Oh, you think you're better than me? No, I'm just, you know, my values aren't going to make me richer or poorer. My values are going to simply help me be a better version of me. You know, and there's a lot of poor people financially that are really good people. You know, so it's it's very important.
0: Well, well, once again, your values, what it means to you, and why you're doing it. Yep. Inevitably, yep. that's what everything boils down to, and, and unfortunately, we, we, we often forget that. We get caught up in the world of bing, yep. bang, boom, and there, there's, yes, there's so much knowledge out there, but that knowledge has always been there. It's what we do with that knowledge. You know, yes, um, sir. What did, uh, another Bruce Lee quote, he said, knowledge will give you power, but character will give you respect, and that character yes, is based on your why, your values, what you truly want out of this, and that gentleman yes, asked sir. for a quarter. That was you know why he wanted it? I, I don't know, but that's all he asked for. And that's what you yes, get. And I think yeah. it was recently, John Maxwell wrote another book. Uh, uh, great leaders ask great questions. That's what it mm-hmm. is. And that's based on your values and your why. Fantastic. Yes, good stuff. Cool. We, we do this every time. I this we yeah, do. Goosebumps. We do feeling good, just feeding off each other. There. Well, good. Right. Well, let's. Uh, um, we're kind of talking about the patience thing. Um, maybe give us a little precursor of uh, kind of your your one on one coaching you've been doing. And how you're helping some of the uh, the studio owners, and once again, folks, even if you're not in the martial arts industry, if a martial artist, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Get in there, but you can learn something from everything because we're all in this world together. And Professor Beliso's mission is similar to mine, which is just well, his is uh, help you live your best life. Mine's uh, help you live your best kicking life, right? <laughs> you know, and do what yes, you sir. do, and you become your very best. But it's about yes, living sir. that life, and it gets back to the mm-hmm. pointing one finger at somebody else. You got three point at you help you become your best in order to help the world become a better place. It starts inside. It does not start outside and yes, plant sir. the right seeds.
1: Yes, sir. Well, I, I think I'm going to tell you what I tell everybody. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to Rich. Don't listen to anybody. You know, you need to figure this out for yourself. Because you listen to me and it doesn't work out. Oh, you can blame <laughs> me, right? Anytime we don't have to take responsibility or control of our own lives, and I can blame my parents because I was in a foster home and they weren't great parents. I can blame the person who molested me. I can blame, you know, the person who didn't give me my qualm, as they said in Jerry Maguire. You know, it's so easy to do that. It takes great courage to take no prisoners to own it, to own it. And you and I both read a lot. So I'm not saying don't get good information. I'm just saying when the day's done, you got to take that journey inward. Listen to yourself. Listen to your heart, not the reflection of your heart based upon what everyone else is going to, you know, say and approve of you if you do it. And that takes a lot of courage, you know, to to be the outcast, to be the one who walks to the beat of a different drum, to be the one who walks a a different path. And you know me in the martial arts world and everywhere, I don't walk to the same beat of the drum as everybody else. And it's not an ego thing because it's often a very lonely path that I walk. Yes, it is. it is but 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 i'm cool with it rich i really am because at the end of the day when i put my head on the pillow i know i fulfilled my purpose i stayed true to my values and i didn't hurt people as i went along the way and i'm ever mindful of that
0: oh one thousand percent helping 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 you know zig ziglar says how do you get everything you want in life by helping enough other people get what they want kind of moving forward that's right the uh jack canfield uh I was part of the, his coaching program for for well over a year. It was really really fantastic, but it made you really think deep. And his book, The Success Principles, the number 1 chapter in that book is take 100% responsibility for you, for your actions. And like you yes, said, sir. It, it, don't don't listen to us. Take the knowledge we give you and uh, apply that to your life in any way you can, then add your and make it uniquely your own, kind of what Bruce yeah. Lee had said.
1: But, Bruce Lee said it. Jack Canfield uh, said it. Franklin Covey said, everybody says it because it's a universal concept. Yes, it it's is. nothing new. It's nothing new. It's just sometimes you have to hear it 20,000 different ways before <laughs> you get right. it for yourself. You know?
0: That's that right hook of reality. Absolutely. But like you said, don't uh, um, because you can't say, well, I, I listened to that advice and it didn't work for me. Well, it, it's not going to, but you have to take responsibility. That was a learning lesson moving forward. But here's the thing. Yes, if you're blaming others for your lack of success, then you've also got to blame others for your success. Why don't you yes, blame yourself and become your best? Therefore, you don't have the guilt going out either way. I did it. That's right. I made my that's mistakes, right. but that's how I learned. Yes, sir. Excellent. Fantastic. What else we got here? Goodness gracious. Oh, I, 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 we got to <laughs> talking about something else. Share, share with the listeners, if you would, kind of uh, one, uh, on your shows, kind of a discovery that you get from every show uh, trying to help somebody else, that new one-on-one you've got going but also some uh, unique moments that pop up?
1: Um, You know, I think the thing about one-on-one is being fully present with somebody, whether it's a business owner, whether it's an individual, whether it's a Fortune 500 CEO, it doesn't matter. Whoever I work with, you have that full attention. I'm very present, I'm very in the moment, and that allows me to do some of my best work. So even if I'm working with a group of 500 people, you ask any one person in that room, they feel as if I'm speaking to them because I am in that moment with them. And that's really the art. I mean, the results are the results. People are getting great results, and it's, I think that's the simple platform that I, I stand on.
0: Fantastic. And that gets back to the, you know, be where your shoes are. You know, yes, your, sir. Your feet are. Your feet are here. Be where you're at. Uh, and yes, that sir. That was another thing Zig had talked about. Zig Ziglar, oftentimes people are at work, they're thinking about being at home. When they're at home, they're thinking about being at work. But one thing's for yes, sure, sir. they're never where they're at fully. And that's you can right. never give 100%. Yeah. That's yep. fantastic, and, that, and that's why the present is called
1: the present because it's yeah. a gift, but it's it's really an art, and it's a practice to be in the moment. It really is
0: and I, I gave uh, I, I referenced Professor Brandon Beliso the other day I was talking about uh, uh, the past, the present, the future, and your your, your line you mentioned on a couple podcasts ago it was if you you have one foot in the past, the other foot yeah. in the present, what are you doing? You're peeing all over today. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's a metaphor, and what an image. Oh, it is.
1: All righty, sir.
0: You're peeing on that gift. You're peeing on the present, right? Don't be doing yes, that. Sir.
1: <laughs> yes, sir.
0: Good stuff. Well, Professor, we're about at that time slot here. Thank you, sir. Golly, yeah, thank you. Thank you so very much. Uh, listeners, uh, what what a treat, as always. We had uh, a couple weeks ago, we had Master Karen Eden on, and she shared uh, some of the journey she's on, and now we've got Professor Brandon Beliso. Next week, we're going to have uh, Master Chris Raphold on the show. So kind of moving He's along. He's a good man. Oh, he's what a, a great man. Yeah, he's a he's a great person, ending with his um, having him talk about his turkey brigade that he's got going on there, and for Thanksgiving, fantastic. Well, Professor, uh, one quick little shout out for your book there. Tell people you know the name of it again where they can find it, how they can follow you, so they can get some more Absolutely. information on the wonderful things you're doing. Sir. Uh my book
1: "Live, Learn, and Grow" is available at Amazon. You can pick it up there. It's on Audible as well if you like to listen to books. I got to narrate that in George Lucas's a uh, sound studio over in Marin, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, tons and tons of learning there. You'll find me at LinkedIn, Instagram, Snapchat, and of course, brandonbleeso.com. Uh, you, you can get my upcoming, I have an event coming up in November called it's time live again. And we're really going to shift the focus uh, away from more personal development and self-awareness and back a little bit off of the business, um, and, and open it to more people. So that's a little bit of shift, and that's going to be in November. Again, go to brandemblisa.com, and you'll find the event there.
0: And, folks, I tell you, and you can hear, uh, obviously, we're continuing. With, yes, we're talking about things that have been around forever, some of the values, the visions, the missions, the purpose, the why, the questions, but we're putting our own little spin on it to continue to evolve with the changing times. So yes, sir. It's not just in the martial arts industry, and that's where we're kind of, you know, Uh, the disruptor it's kind of your your group of disruptors are disrupting the normal flow to make things better because the same old same old you know you keep asking the same questions you keep doing the same thing you're going to keep getting the same results you got to change things up a little bit and it's
1: about disrupting your own mindset more than anything
0: absolutely absolutely
1: well thank you sir well thank Thank you
0: you. very much professor Beliso as always just so wonderful to talk to you. you you mean the the world to me i know uh thank you sir listeners hear this a lot but uh you know i, I met you in was 2013 14 i don't remember now but uh yeah i was well i mean i had never seen you before i, I watched your videos and you, you you treated me like a wonderful human being how you treat everybody and you really really made me feel special you made me feel important and you gave me the energy and confidence and belief to take that next motion the next move in my life to leave the organization i was with and to continue moving forward to help out others. So from the bottom of my heart, sir, I love you. and Thank, thank you,
1: sir. I love you, much. too. You got it. All thank right, you, folks. sir.
0: folks. Well, good stuff. Well, make sure you check out Professor Beliso there. Uh, great, great stuff. Make sure you check out our previous episodes. And, you know, share, subscribe, download, share this with others, because collectively, folks, we're working together to make our society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live. And we're doing that by empowering you. And I want you to have that empowerment to empower others. And it all starts by feeling good about yourself. And the more we can do that, the more we can get closer and closer and closer to that vision of making our society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live. So God bless you. God bless your loved ones. And folks, until we talk again, you get out there and do your best. And I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon. Bye-bye.